0: We're in this passage, really two verses in the Bible uh, that are traditionally called the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, some Bibles translate it that way, and it comes from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, Uh, it goes like this. this, the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us, love, joy, patience, excuse me, peace, patience, kindness. And then yet to be talked about goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Here there is no conflict with the law, or the law cannot, uh, can't bring a charge that these things are wrong. The law that he's speaking of is the law of Moses. Um, I mentioned this last week. I want to do a couple of things I want to do here, just very quickly. And it's not because I'm short on material, but it's because I really want you to get this. I really want you to understand this thing of, of the fruit of the Spirit, and God working in our hearts, and producing character in, in our lives. Warren Wiersbe, the, the great commentator and, and minister, uh, said this. "We could, uh, You saw this last week if you were here. We could meditate for hours on the ninefold fruit of the Spirit. Note especially that love heads the list. Paul clearly states that no law could ever produce this kind of character. When will people learn that making resolutions will never sanctify them? Sanctify, make them holy. Making resolutions, making rules, making covenants, You know, will never make us holy. It has to be an inward thing. And and that's why, you know, I react. I know I overreact at times, if that's possible. And and it is. uh, To to rules and all that kind of stuff. Number one, I'm just not a rule kind of guy. Um, and, And number two, I just have in my years in ministry, I have seen so many people get some sort of a pseudo- aura of spirituality because they're they're following a list, and yet internally they're just a freaking mess. You know, and that's not God's way. That's not God's way. God's way is to change us from the inside out. That's what it means to have a relationship with God. That's why I love that quote so much, and I may use it Every week before we close out this series, uh, but these are qualities that cannot be that cannot be worked on. They cannot be acquired. They cannot be achieved by strength of will or by determination. Uh, these these are qualities that are, that are byproducts of something else. The Spirit of God at work inside of me that begins the moment that I come to Christ. And, and, and however that was, whether that was some some big quote-unquote come-to-Jesus moment, or whether that was just a process of time when I finally said, you know, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, and I believe He loves me more than I can imagine, died for my sins and rose again. And again, as I've said many times, that, that may have been in a, you can remember the day you did that. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, maybe you remember it's a process that you come to that belief now. Maybe you're in the middle of that. Still not quite sure where you are in that whole thing. And that's that's a good place for you to be. It's a great place to be. So let's talk about this. We've talked about love and and peace and patience. And now we need to talk about kindness. Um, If you don't, you need to get this. If you don't get this week at Renaissance, it's an email we send out every week and tell you what's coming up for the weekend and for the week at Renaissance. And I always have a quote of the the week in there. This is the one that I had this week uh, in there from Albert Schweitzer. Constant kindness can accomplish much. As the sun makes ice melt, kindness causes misunderstanding, mistrust, and hostility to evaporate. Do you, you ever throw kindness onto sort of a potentially fiery situation and all of a sudden see things just sort of melt and dissipate? Had that happened the other day I in a parking lot. And, and I told my daughter when I taught her to drive, I said, the most dangerous place you will ever drive is always a parking lot. And you know, that's... That, pretty much true i still think that even though some of our jersey streets aren't that great either but anyway uh, I, I i was in this parking lot and it wasn't my fault i was coming uh, down the between the cars and somebody was coming around the corner really fast and just you know had to slam on his brakes to keep from hitting me and of course he came to this look like it was my fault and of course it wasn't but um nonetheless i just sort of pulled up beside him before he could get away and i, I just uh, my top was down my windows are down and i drive a convertible and and which, you know, it's kind of a naked feeling sometimes in those situations, you know. It, 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 the most you would have is glass, but not having glass. There. Anyway, I just, was, I just sort of looked at him, I mean, right beside him, you know. I just looked at him, said, you know, asked him to roll down his window, and he rolled down his window, I said, I am so sorry that happened. I, 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 you know, it's probably my fault. I'm really sorry. And uh, it was just like, you know, at first he had this look, he's really, you know, he doesn't know I have a fungo bat in my trunk, but he... he, he <laughs> I do. He, 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 uh, he, he, but, you know, he had this look like he was ready. I'm, you know, reaching for my bat. and, and, and but, but now all of a sudden, he, I just said that. I said, I'm so sorry. And he was like, oh, man, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Have a great day. You know, just, just a little moment. Now, I can't tell you that my motives were totally, absolutely pure. I, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that I always respond that way. I, I try to because... I have this very visible car, and it seems like everybody knows what I drive, which doesn't make me happy, but that's, that's the way it is. And, um, but, but it's just amazing what kindness, just a little word of kindness can do, you know? Um, and and that's, the Bible teaches that just over and over and over again. And the same thing in relationships. You know, you're getting all fiery with your mate, and, and all of a sudden you step back and say something, you know, I'm so sorry, you know, you're terrific. And, just can, and, and mean it. Don't just try to manipulate the situation. And mean it. Um, kindness can accomplish much. So how do we do it? How do I get this stuff going on here? Here's what I want to do. I want to just go through a few things, get you to kind of think along with me about maybe do some self-examination. Maybe you can find yourself in some of these things. Maybe not. Maybe part of the time. I think all of us can probably relate to some of these things I'm going to tell you in just a moment. And then I just want to kind of define it for you uh, from a theological and a practical standpoint. And then and then I'll show you an example of, of Jesus. And one, there's many stories of Jesus showing kindness. I want to show you one where it just was an amazing, amazing thing. All right, so that's what I want to do real, real, real briefly here. Uh, but some some signs that you're not very kind. You, you don't listen well. I had this friend. Uh, actually, I have a few friends like this, but the, um, the one I'm speaking of is in, a long way away from here in Colorado. But he's one of these guys that we he, he, he would, he, I'll, I'll try to demonstrate. You. you walk into a party or you walk into church, and, and it's like, hey, Rich, how you doing? Good to see you. How's Charlene? You know, it, it, I mean, he's sitting here talking. How's Charlene? How's the kids? You know, and he's looking all around the room while he's talking to me about how's this person? And, you know, he's like, you know, he's, he's a network. He's trying to network, you know, and it's like, Oh, uh, she's doing well, you know, and you know, and if he's listening or what, you know, I can say, oh, you know, Charlene died yesterday, but everything's okay, and, and, and the kids are not doing it. You could probably do that, you know. But it's that kind of thing. And, and and the point is, that's really kind of a rude, really an unkind thing to do. And um, and so, and I'm not saying I've never done it, um, but it's not, a, it's, it's definitely not a kind thing to do, and, and it's just, they don't listen, people don't listen sometimes. That's kind of, that's just, that's not kind. Um interrupting you know which is sort of the national bird in New Jersey I think but interrupting is, is one of those one of those things that that is just people something people do it all the time they don't even know they're doing it and yet if you stop back and you think we teach our children that and yet we turn around and practice interrupting and, and not letting people finish sentences and not letting them finish thoughts or whatever it's just it's really rude even if it's a, even if it's a even if it's a charged type discussion. Uh, being dismissive, being dismissive of people, just not, you know, uh, well, who, they're, they're, you know, low lives, who cares, you know, no, they don't look like me, or they're not in my same economic bracket, or they don't belong in my club, but I just, you know, whatever, that's unkind. Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, I hate to even say it, but I'll say this, because some of us have done it, being dismissive, maybe because they don't speak the same language that I do. How many times have you ever done that? And that's still that's still unkind. You know? It's, I don't have to think very long to think back what it granted I didn't live there, but I was a guest and know what it feels like to be in the middle of Moscow by myself and not being able to speak a language, and somebody somebody was kind. I was lost, you know. Scary feeling. Somebody was kind. Show me, me how to get where I was going and spoke just enough English to get me there. That was a kind act. Okay? So Many signs like that. We always often, we don't always, we oftentimes sort of attribute that maybe to youth and, and, and high school or college or whatever. Unfortunately, it doesn't always leave us there. It follows us in our lives. So, kindness, let me just say this kindness is one of those qualities, particularly, and I've lived in most parts of the country, Midwest, West in terms of Colorado, Southeast. Um, kindness is not a highly valued thing in our in our culture it's not highly valued here and in fact one of the things that i hear i was with some folks recently who were from this area all their life and had just traveled to the midwest and i said people are so nice and i said yeah that's a lot different it's a lot different and i'm not putting our area down but i will say we need to think through this because this isn't a kind culture and maybe it's because we have so many people living in such, such a small area. Maybe it's because of just the whole thing of the New York City area lifestyle. There's all kinds of ways we could break that down. And I'm sure some sociologists would have us some great things to kind of to help, help us have better understanding of that. All I want to say is, even though it may not be, it may not be something that is valued in our culture, it is very valued by our God and our Creator. That's what I want you to think about. So I want you to really give it some thought. One commentary says this, kindness, this particular word, is a a benevolence in action such as God demonstrated toward men. Since God is kind toward sinners, a Christian should display that same virtue. Another commentary says it's benevolence in action, same phrase, that's what the word means. It's a distinctly social virtue. It's a distinctly social virtue. Let me unpack it a little bit. Differently for you. I got three things here, really, and kind of a fourth added added value type of thing of what kindness really is. And then, so I want to show you these real quick, and then show you what uh, this example from Jesus' life, which is just really cool. Um, number one is treating people with value, and, and I, I would put, I would say that it's treating all people with value, whoever they are. As I said, whatever class. They are in. And I know, you know, we're sophisticated and educated and we don't think in terms of classes, or do we? You know, think through that a minute, because most of us have, probably not too long ago, in some way, shape, or form. It's 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 treating people with value. Um, it's it's a second, it's going out of your way to be kind to another, often less deserving or not well thought of. I want you to think about these particularly as we go into the story of this narrative. I'm going to show you of Jesus in just a moment. Going out of your way to be kind to another, um, particularly less deserving in the eyes of culture, in the eyes of the world, or, or maybe not well thought of, for whatever reason it might be. A third, a third thing I would add is, is this speaking, speaking words, kind words are encouraging and they build up. So it comes down to our words also. Proverbs puts it this way, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Bible says that. Kind words, sweet to the soul, healthy for the body. I like that. Let me add one other little point to these three things. That is, projecting kindness can be displayed in our body language too. I don't know if you've thought about that. It can be displayed in our body language. Um, Again, Proverbs uh, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. Now, our look, our, our, our countenance, oftentimes reflects or can reflect kindness. I'm a walker. Um, used to be a jogger. I got tired of it. I hated it. So I started walking. And, uh, and I walk a pretty good bit most days. And uh, and I enjoy it more. I think more. I pray more. It's just better. I even I often times end up my walk going straight to my computer and writing notes, some things that I've thought about for for some upcoming talk or something. But um, one of the things that I do also enjoy about walking is I enjoy meeting people on the sidewalk, because almost invariably, very unique to my to wherever I, I've lived before. Number one, they're not going to make eye contact with you, and number two, they're going to keep you know. And I just love, I mean, I just love saying, hi, how you doing? You know, and, and sometimes people almost snap their neck, you know, like this, you know. And it's, it's just like, and, and, and all of a sudden, and many times, I don't know, I haven't, I haven't studied all out in terms of percentage, but many times it's like, oh, hi. You know, it's just like, oh, Heaven, somebody actually speaks, you know, you know, and actually will smile at me. Just cra- it's crazy, you know, but it's true. And, and the Bible talks about it. Cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for good health. Right? So, so many times we, projecting kindness is displayed in our body language. Think about that. Think about that when you're at work or at home and, and, and with other people. All right, uh, let, let's take these, these three or four things here. These three things I mean treating, treating people with value, going out of your way to be kind to another, less deserving or whatever, speaking words that encourage and build up. All right, just think about that for a moment. Now I want to take you to this passage in, in, in uh, the Gospel of Luke. And Jesus, and, and maybe you maybe you wouldn't see this if you are just reading it, I don't know, but it's just one of these classic examples of Jesus showing incredible kindness to somebody not deserving at all, and the response and, and what happened in that individual's life because of what Jesus did of his kindness. It's a great story, great narrative, and it's in Luke chapter 19. Let's get started. Um, Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was one of the most influential Jews in the Roman tax collecting business and he became very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree. I've been to where they say this tree allegedly is and you understand when you're in the Holy Land there are the traditional sites and then there are other, you know. So if it's true, it's you know kind of a cool thing. But anyway, he ran, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road so he could watch from there. So now, keep in mind something here. I've got to set the scene a little bit. Um, he he is well known. He's very wealthy. He's not very well liked because of the fact that he is a uh, he is in the Roman tax collecting business. It shows. It says there for us. And, and I really I want to take a couple of minutes and just get you to understand how ill thought of this guy was. He was like. And here's the only way I can relate it to, and I hope no, member, no members of his family are here. Inevitably, that happens to me. I'll speak of some celebrity or semi-celebrity, and somebody will say, "Well, that's my uncle," and I'm like, "Oh crap." Anyway, um, but so this guy's dead. I'm somewhat safe, but 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 it it I was trying to think of an illustration of somebody that I could relate this to, and it may not it may not ring true with you, but it it, it will with as I understand as you understand some of my friends. You know, living where we, until we moved here f- five years ago, or whatever it was, um, you see financial problems, you see companies collapse, you see this happen, financial scandals, and you know, it's just sort of like, it, it doesn't really touch you. And the first one that really touched me personally, not that I lost anything, was the uh, the Enron thing. And then the reason that the Enron thing was, was such a big deal to, to, to me, in the sense that I had several friends, we were living in, in, in Colorado, in Vail, and I had several friends from Texas, Texas people are great people. I love, I love Texas. I've been there many times to see friends. And, you know, Texas, one of the great things about Texas people is you can make fun of them, and they don't care. They don't care. You know, that's why I make fun of Charlie all the time. He's from Texas, he doesn't care. He's a Texan. You know, it was great. And they're, they're so secure, you know, they just don't care. But anyway, I had several friends who had a lot of money wrapped up in Enron. So when the Enron thing went bust, I'm talking to people who lost, and it was a type of thing where I, you just name the name Ken Lay. Who was the head of the whole thing and whatever, you know, some of you have read and have opinions uh, as to how guilty he was or wasn't or whatever and, and now he's dead and so we can talk about it I guess. But, but it was a type of thing where you could just say that name with some of these people because they lost so much money. I mean, now the truth is, they lost money, they still had their second home in Vail. But there were people who lost a lot of money that I met through them or that I would know of through them who didn't it wasn't a second home it wasn't a third home that they had to give up and in some cases it was like 65, 70 years old they lost all their retirement and they have to now go to work at literally at Walmart in, or, in order in order to survive so you, you can you can see among this circle of people you mentioned the name Ken lay you could it was almost like almost like automatic. You like push a button. You say Ken Lay, and you just hear a whole lot of bad words. You know, no, Lay, no, you know, just like that. It became almost an automatic reaction because this guy was so they, they they sort of villainized him as the one who was responsible for their loss of all their savings and all their investments and all this kind of thing. That's kind of who very similar to who Zacchaeus is in the New Testament. Okay, the only difference is. He was allowed to do that. The law supported him. That's exactly what they did. They said, overcharge as much as you want. Be dishonest as much as you want. Just give us this amount, and whatever else you get is yours. That's what they did. That's why the Roman tax collectors were thought of in such a horrible way. So that's who Zacchaeus is. And he's coming along, and he's wanting to see Jesus, people talking about Jesus and and who He is and and the miracles that He's performing. And, and And he wants to see Him. And he can't see him. He's, you know, he's got a short man's complex. got the whole thing going on. And, uh, and so he goes and finds a tree. All right? So that's, that's you need to know that before we go to this next verse. Here we go. Verse 5. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus who was in the tree. And he called him by name. They've never met. But this is, this is God, Jesus. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. For I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. Look at this. Watch verse 7. But the crowds were displeased. Uh, he's gone to be the guest of that crap-o-sinner. Sorry, the crummy sinner, he grumbled. He's gone to be his guest. He's got the money. He gets, it, he gets his way again. You can just hear the stuff going on. I mean, it's not just about Zacchaeus. It's also about Jesus. You see, but Jesus is just, he, again, when you go back to kindness, what's He doing? He's, he's going out of His way to show value, be kind to another, treat a person with value, speak words of encouragement. Hey, come on, man, let's go. We're going to the house. We're going to have dinner. Zacchaeus, wow. Now watch what happens here. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Look what he calls him, Lord for if I have overcharged people on their taxes I will give them back four times as much let me show you I'm going re, read from another thing I don't have it for you I'll just, I'll just read it to you uh, from another book that talks about this um, he would take half of what he'd owned and give it to the poor he would find people he had overcharged on their tax bill refund them four times as much as he had cheated them thus he took the law of Moses the Old Testament books of Leviticus and Numbers and, and which demanded restitution plus 20% he took those literally um, The Dead Sea Scrolls and the Roman Law also contain incidents of fourfold restitution. Zacchaeus seems to have accepted, listen, the harshest penalty of the law and applied it to himself. Acceptance by Jesus made money insignificant. See, I just think that's so cool. Jesus shows kindness, and this guy's like, You are the Lord. I do want to believe in you, and here I'm. I'm not. Not only am I asking you for forgiveness, I'm going to make it right, and then some. That's what's amazing about this. Well, next part of the passage, Jesus responded, "Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a son of Abraham, means by faith, and I, the Son of Man, have come to seek and save those like him who are lost." It all began with Jesus showing kindness. And it changed a person's life. You and I aren't Jesus. But our lives can still show kindness. And it can make a difference in people. To whom we show it to. William Penn said this, I expect to pass through life but once if therefore there be any kindness I can show or any good thing I can do to any fellow being, let me do it now and not defer or neglect it as I shall not pass this way again. I shall not pass. I love that quote. I just think it's so good. Good thing to live by. It just sort of epitomizes everything we've said here. Let me show you one more thing from um, Og Og, uh, uh, Mandino, greatest writer, wrote several books, including The Greatest Miracle in the World. This is cool. Watch this. Beginning today, treat everyone you meet, treat everyone you meet as if they were going to be dead by midnight. Extend them all the care, kindness, and understanding you can muster. Listen to that. That you can muster. Your life will never be the same again. I got good news for you. I got bad news and good news for you. The bad news is I can't always muster it. The good news is I don't have to. When God, the Spirit, is at work in me, it's a byproduct of, of his work because none of us none of us are made out of the stuff that can always be kind and even have any consistency of our kindness but when God is working in me wow that's a pretty cool thing sometimes it's almost like an out of body experience you think wow I responded right to that that's pretty cool something else is at work here in me yeah it's called God the Holy Spirit that's why it's so important There are a number of reasons, but that's one of the reasons why it's so important when I talk about having a relationship with God because it shows it's not just about some, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, some Sunday mumbo-jumbo. It's not just about that, but it's how He, Christ, how God, the Holy Spirit, affects my life 24-7. Love, joy, peace, patience, show it to you. Just look at it again. Love, you know, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce that kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's God, the Holy Spirit, working in you that makes that happen. Let's pray. Ask God to impress that upon our minds and our hearts. Lord God, we um, I, I continue to be awed by the inside job that you do in my life and in others' lives, and it's simply there for any of us for the asking. We thank you, love. We thank you, Lord, for your love, your grace, your forgiveness. But we're also thankful, God, that you you desire and will build into us to be the kind of people that we need to be by your grace and by the working of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that um, uh, that Jesus came. Just that you came, lived, suffered, died, rose again to give us life eternally and and more fully. We pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.